It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. This is the Unplayable Podcast coming to you from Ranchy, where Australia have held on to draw the third test and set up a decider in Dharmashala. Sean Marsh and Peter Hanscom batted for almost four hours to deny India's attack and set up a thrilling series finale in the fourth test starting next Saturday. Here to recap not just day five, but the entire third test is cricket.com.au senior writer Andrew Ramsey and Rambo. This series has had everything from five-wicket halls to double hundreds, injuries, sledging, controversy, so it's only fitting we have a winner-takes-all decider to determine who holds the Border Gavaska Trophy. It is fitting and in a picturesque setting too. I'm led to believe you've been to Durham Salah, Sam. You know yes. what it's like. Apparently it's quite stunning. The air is crisp, if a little thin, um, but certainly that'll be heated up uh, when the cricket teams get there because there's not a lot of love lost between them at the minute. Absolutely not. All right, Australia entered the day at 2 for 23, trailing by 129 runs with David Warner already back in the sheds. Steve Smith and Matthew Renshaw made it through the first crucial hour, Rambo, as we like to say. But in the space of four balls, both batsmen were dismissed. Renshaw fell first, out LBW to a ball from Ishan Sharma that kept low. And after a bit of banter between the two, he was sent on his way. Then Australia lost their captain, who padded up to a Jadeja delivery from around the wicket that fizzed out of the rough and uprooted the Australians off stump. The score was 4 for 63 and didn't look great for Smith, Australia and the draw, Rambo. Uh, no, you would have thought at that point uh, people were making arrangements to uh, get out of the stadium around about tea time, I think. Mm. Uh, we'd predicted that it might not get to tea, and at that point we, we actually knew what we were talking about. But Hang on. cricket's a funny game. It is. A couple of quick wickets, that was always going to be difficult for batters to start innings on that pitch. So uh, a couple of fresh batsmen at the wicket. Um, Indians were up and about. They were in their face. I think poor old Matt Renshaw, when he looked up after being hit on the ped, pad, couldn't see the umpire's finger because Murali Vijay was in his face. He'd come mm. in so quickly to uh, to gloat over that wicket. But um, things changed that uh, no one had quite foreseen. No. What about the skipper? We've seen Virat Kohli. He left his shouldered arms and been dismissed a couple of times in the series. And now it's the Australian captain's turn. Uh, from my understanding, it must be something in the MOU between the two teams for this series. That at least one captain has to get out per test without playing a shot, uh, which is interesting if it mm. is mandated. Um, Stephen Smith had played and missed at a ball in the previous Jadeja over that had spun quite sharply and just gone past the outside edge of the bat. So I'm not really sure what he was thinking when he tried to pad up to that one um, that came out of the rough that spun uh, quite significantly or spun enough to get from outside leg stump to knock his off pole out of the ground. Mm. But um, it wasn't probably dissimilar to the one that got rid of David Warner the previous evening. So... Uh, I think the Australia captain said at the end of it he's uh, made a bit of an error of judgment there. Probably could have got his bat somewhere near it rather than up above his waist. Um, but uh, it was one of those pitches that takes a lot of concentration. I think there's probably 
fair that a guy who made 178 in the first innings and batted for more than eight hours could be allowed a lapse of concentration now and then? Yeah. Well, Smith's wicket was the last to fall for 62 overs as Marsh and Hanscom combined for a 124-run partnership in 232 minutes. To save the match for Australia, Hanscom top scored with 72 not out from 200 balls. He'd looked good in all his previous innings this series but couldn't go on with it. But today, when his side needed him the most, he steered them to safety with a brilliant knock, Rambo. Uh, very impressive, wasn't it, for a guy who hasn't played Test cricket in India prior to this tour? He hasn't played Test cricket outside Australia mm. prior to this tour. Um, he's looked, as you say, got a bit of a start on a couple of occasions and managed to get out. That, that way he plays deep in his crease, particularly on low pitches like this one was come the end of the match, is probably fraught with a bit of danger, isn't it? Like if you yeah. stand back in your crease and you get the full ball that starts reversing in, You've got to make sure you get bad on that. Otherwise, uh, as he's discovered a couple of times in this series already, you're uh, prone to be pinned LBW. Um, he survived that. He managed to get bad on everything and looked very comfortable against the spinners, it's got to be said. Used his feet well, um, timed the ball nicely, and he's got a pretty rock-solid defence. That um, was very impressive innings from a, a guy who's played less than 10 test matches and probably bodes well as they, they head up the mountains to Durham Taylor for the decider. Right, and his partner in crime, Rambo, was Sean Marsh. Uh, he'd had a lean run with about this series, but he made 52 from 197 balls. He was out with eight overs left in the day. Caught at short league. He was chosen in the squad as a subcontinent specialist, Rambo, and he proved that today with a fantastic innings. Uh, he showed it in the first test at Pune, when he mm-hmm. played a very valuable innings there. Um, and the thing, apart from his technique, which is, uh, got to be said, pretty minimalist. There's not a lot to do it. He, yep. he plays the ball late. Plays it under his eyes, as they like to say. Um, he knows usually where his stumps are. He had a small wobble in that department in Bengaluru. Mm. Um, but he's also his temperament. He's a, he's a fairly unflappable character. And I was, people were saying during the course of the day when the Indians were getting a little bit lippy, I think it's fair to say, yep. which is, in fairness to them, was just frustration. They were trying to get breakthroughs and they were using whatever means they could to try and unsettle the opposition. So they were getting a bit chirpy and uh, there were people who said this including some of his teammates there's just no point trying to sledge Sean Marsh because it's uh, nothing really phases him he doesn't bite back he doesn't do it himself he doesn't respond he doesn't get excited animated Mm. he's a very kind of level plateaued kind of cricketer Um, so in those circumstances that's exactly what they need especially with the young guy and Peter Hanscom at the other end Sean Marsh took on the role as sheet anchor in a way. He's uh, you know, started the innings at a bit of a clip, but then Peter Hanscom overtook him. Um, by the time he got to 50, the game was pretty much safe. Mm. A couple of wickets fell towards the end, but Australia held on for the draw. Rambo, we said yesterday this was an acid test for this new-look team, and they've come through with flying colours. Uh, well, flying colours, maybe a couple of colours. I'm not sure they were all on display. They're probably, you know, as... Stephen Smith suggested at the end they were a little bit skinny on the first innings. I think yep. we may have said on this podcast he had that look on his eyes at the end of uh, his innings on day two that he may have left a few, thought there was a few runs still out there when he um, ran out of batting partners. And um, from what he said, he thought they were probably 100 shy of what they should have been. Yep. That would have put them in the kind of driving seat uh, for the whole test match rather than having to play catch-up after India's big day four. Um, but certainly... They get a lot of belief out of that. Yeah. The, if nothing else, the belief that they can play in the, the most difficult conditions. I mean, it's probably not the worst day five pitch they'll ever see in India, but it was reasonably challenging with two very, very good spin bowlers coming at them all day. Even the, the India seamers 
Ishant Sharma and Umesh Yadav were pretty dangerous, getting the ball to reverse at times and bowling that, that tricky length where you just weren't quite sure it was going to skid on or stay low or do something erratic off the surface. So to have negotiated a full day and lost only four wickets um, and a couple of those, as you say, right at the end, um, they would take a huge amount of self-belief when they get on the, the bus, the plane, and then the I think they're catching a yak for that final stage of the trip up to Dharamsala. Is that correct? That's right. It's very mountainous up there. Uh, remember, there wouldn't be a day of this series without some sort of spice, bit of controversy, and it came in the press conferences after the match where Steve Smith has uh, revealed that Virat Kohli were accused the, the, the Australian captain and the Australians of disrespecting the, t- the India physio Patrick Farhart. Uh, I'm not sure how this one has come about. I think maybe that uh, the Aussies might have been getting into Virat when he was out there batting, letting him know that his shoulder had been strapped by the, the former New South Wales physio and uh, Virat might have taken that as uh, they were disrespecting him. But another bizarre one in, in the Coley-Smith feud. It just keeps taking plenty of turns. Uh, it does, and I keep thinking that the curd that's served at breakfast has a reasonably thin skin across the top of it. <laughs> um, but I don't think it's anything compared to some of the... Uh, to and fro that's gone on in this series. Um, Virat did say in his media conference that uh, the Australians had uh, several times taken Patrick Farhart's name, and I'm not sure if that's maybe just a, a misunderstanding, if they if he's heard his name and he just assumed that there was some kind of derogatory context to all that, or whether there was in fact some sort of derogatory context. I find it hard to believe because Pat Farhart, having been a, a long-time servant of New South Wales cricket, is very highly years, respected think, yeah. um, and quite friendly with a lot of the, the guys who've played with him or in been in teams where he's been involved in matches so um it does seem a bit of a strange one but i think in this series people are just looking for any point where they can get a bit of leverage really yeah. if they can make a a stand or if they can rally their team around if they can take some inferred grievance out of something that's said or done or a gesture that's made that's taken in the wrong way it's uh it all seems to be rolled into the mix. It's a bit like Indian food, you know. It's a, without the spice in it, it's it's all a bit dull. And uh, so they've amped up the chilli quotient in this test. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if there's a controversy a day. Maybe that's in the MOU as well. We need mm. one controversy per day as well as one captain's errant leave. Maybe that's what the uh, the two chiefs were getting together in Mumbai and James Sutherland, the head of the BCCI, got together. Maybe they're just reviewing the MOU to make sure all this was happening. Well, certainly after that test when they got together, there was a bit going on, so mm. they may have oversubscribed. Okay, let's look at the test as a whole and start with the pitch. The first two test pitches were not rated very well by the ICC. One was poor and one was below average. This one was an absolute road. And I think it's probably fair to say this is the one the Australians were expecting to see a lot more of in the series. They spoke prior to the series about how they needed to bat big, bat that 150 overs, bat 550, 600 in the innings. Didn't quite happen in this test match and they got out of jail was this what the guys were expecting this is the, these are the type of pitches that they saw in england um and india after winning a couple of those games by innings the masters are playing on these pitches but not quite here uh no and i think as virat said at his post-match presser um losing the toss is always a trick that puts you behind the game immediately because if you get first use of a pitch that's pretty flat and low and slow um you can build a big score and that's what it England thought they had done in a couple of test matches here. They thought they'd put scores that were quite reasonable uh, in excess of 400, which in most parts of the world would leave you in pretty good stead in a test match. But here, if these pitches don't break up and they don't turn 
violently as did the ones in Bengaluru and Pune, then uh, it's not that easy for bowlers to find any weakness in uh, your world-class batters. So India know that. They know that uh, the pitches, if they don't break up, they just have need to be patient, bat a long, long time, and then bat so deep into the game that they can, we're the only one team that can win, as was the case here, and then rely on their spinners to do the work on the fifth day when it is going to be at its most volatile. Mm. Um, but this pitch just didn't break up at all. It was, it had some rough where the, the footmarks were um, obviously take their toll, but there was no cracking, there was no crumbling, there was no uh, giant holes in it, there weren't no. balls exploding out of the rough that was turning violently or turning quite a bit every now and then, but there was nothing untoward on the whole. So uh, interesting to see what sort of pitch they come up with in Dharamsala then, if they uh, go for the same sort of pitch and back themselves, given that uh, you know, Australia does have the border Gavaskar Trophy, so India need to win that test mm-hmm. to uh, take it off them. That's right. And with it being such a batting paradise, the bowlers toiled, especially the Australians. They bowled 210 overs in India's first innings. Hayeswood 44, Cummins 39. O'Keefe 77 and Lyon 46. No doubt the Australian medical staff will be working overtime to get those guys fit for the final test match because of the workload and the injuries. I guess it's the injury to Nathan Lyon's spinning finger and Paddy Cummins has just come back into test cricket and Josh Hazel's had a loss big summer. Could we maybe see a change in the bowling attack? Who knows? Who knows? I think that will probably be decided by the what's on offer when they get to the ground. Um mm. You'd have to think that the bowling attack they took into the, the test here was is their preferred choice. That's their first choice bowling outfit. Um, fitness comes into it. There's a lot of overs and not a huge amount of time to turn around. They've got a travel day tomorrow where I understand they go as far as Delhi and then I think another travel day the next day to get to Dharamsala so they mm. won't be on the training track for a couple of days, uh, maybe just doing some stretching and things. And... Because uh, Dharamsala is at altitude, I think it's about 1,500 metres above sea level, Sam, if my research team have uh, been on the job there. Yep. Um, the cartographic section of the research team, of course, which is a completely different wing, um, they may just decide that the thinner, cooler air is better for recovery. Don't people go and train at altitude? Isn't it supposed yeah, to be something about regenerating so. red blood cells and helping your yeah. oxygen levels in your blood? You, might, you, you did a sports EPO. science masters, you would know that. I think it's EPO as well, so one of the two. Yeah, I don't think they'll be doing that. That's no. Not the MOU. No. Uh, so, yeah, recovery, they will assess these bowlers. And if there's anyone who's even close to struggling, then I think they'd probably make a change. Jackson Bird is there as we've talked about before. And, of course, there is the young leg spinner, Mitchell Swepson, who hasn't played a mm. test as yet. And there's also the chance that they might fly someone over because we've just seen how well Patrick Cummins has come off one Shield game. I know James Pattinson has said that he's eyeing the ashes, but if his country needs him, Rambo, surely he'll answer the call. Uh, surely, if that call is made. And the fact that they're going through Delhi, we should make it reasonably straightforward for someone to dovetail into the touring party if they need to mm. fly straight in join up with the touring party. There probably should be room on the yak for one more person. Um, if, if I'm not sure if that means if someone goes home. I don't know. Uh, from the word from within the team has been that there's no uh, call for an emergency replacement as yet, but these things are all done. The monitoring's done uh, in the wake of a test, so I guess we'll know a bit more tomorrow. How about the Indian Bowls? They've done a mountain of work. Speaking of the Himalayas, they've done a mountain of work uh, Today, Jaron Ashman have bowled more than 4,000 deliveries each this season. They definitely are starting to look a little bit tired, and Coley has 
uh, absolutely no problem with employing them as often as he wants. It's the last test of a long season for them, Rambo. Are they going to be able to get through it? Is this Australia's best chance to pounce on them? They've done, they've played them particularly well throughout the uh, throughout the series so far. Maybe one test too many for these guys. Uh, yeah, you got to think that uh, Ravi Ashman looked a little looked a little. Uh, fatigued or certainly not as potent as he has in other test matches but it may have just been that sort of pitch I mean Nathan Lyon uh, struggled to take a wicket on that track as well bowling his off spin so um, maybe it just wasn't much in it for the finger spinners Jadeja looked far more dangerous um, he never seems to change much he probably because he bowls off a step and a half mm. gets through his overs in about I think uh, 31 seconds is his record to get through six deliveries I may have miscounted that um Wow. But at altitude where the air's thinner, they'll get through them even faster. Could so, have been quicker, yeah. Um, they've got a couple of... They've got a leg spinner in their squad as well. They haven't played. They've also got uh, Jayat Yadav, who played in the first test, um, the off-spinner. Um, and I think Bhuvneshwar Kumar is in, still in the squad as a, a spare seamer. So um, Ishant Sharma and Umesh Yadav didn't do a huge amount of work in this test, but they've certainly got... Uh, some options up their sleeve as well if they think that their bowling for attack is attack is flagging you'd have to think they would just employ the ashwin jadeja combination one more time because it's uh it's the one that's worked for them time and again and it's a decider the other sort of injury news is uh virat Kohli. we didn't have he spoke after play but somehow nobody asked him about his shoulder injury uh rambo we don't know if it restricted him in his batting because he's only out there for six runs he didn't field during Australia's first innings after he sustained the injury. He was out there in the second innings but didn't really do much. I can't remember him fielding a ball. He certainly didn't have any catches come his way. How important is his fitness going to be? Can India win the game without a fully fit Virat Kohli? Uh, well, they certainly won in Bengaluru without a functioning Virat Kohli. He hasn't made a score above 20 yet, mm. as we keep harping on about. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's the great mystery, isn't it? Uh, as you say... He wasn't asked about it in his post-match media, either by the TV's um, coverage or in the print media media conference. There was no shortage of people wanting to ask it. I noticed that there were quite a few uh, travelling journalists who had their hand up to ask a question, but I think what happened was that was interpreted as mocking his injury by having their arm above their head, so uh, those people were immediately <laughs> discounted as being serious journalists. Um, mm. and in fact, that was seen as quite incendiary, so... Uh, fair enough that they you got given turned down were you mocking him no I was just trying to ask the question yeah. I, would, I don't even know if I was going to ask that question I hadn't framed the question I just wanted to put my hand up to see if I would get a chance um, but it passed me by as so much does uh, you'd have to think that he a couple of times when he was out in the field he clapped his hands above his head to uh, encourage his bowlers and if you've got a serious you know, AC joint injury then you just can't do that you can't lift your arm above the the parallel to the ground anyway. Um, so the fact that he batted without any obvious restriction, uh, albeit briefly, the fact that he was out there on the field, he wasn't being hidden away, the fact that he said in his post-match media conference that he found it difficult to be off the field for much of the first innings, he felt a little bit out of the, the loop of things um, with a few, days, few more days to get himself fully rehabbed and recuperated. I think we'll see Virat Kohli out there. I'll be very, very surprised if he doesn't front. Very, very surprised. Is he a former Indian batsman? No, no, no. That was very, very, very surprised uh, Luxman, who uh, uh, did bat for 
Yeah, a couple of days in Calcutta once. They might still be there. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, Steve Smith said after the match that he thinks the momentum is with Australia and that the Indian dressing room would be hurting after that result. What do you reckon, Rambo? Have the Aussies got the momentum heading into that final test? Oh, it's a fantastic thing, momentum. Every, every team carries it with them in mm. a special wooden box uh, and they unleash it when they most need it. Uh, if the Australians could never have had more momentum than they had after Pune when they uh, won by 333 runs, yet somehow... The, whoever was carrying the momentum box to Bengaluru must have misplaced it somewhere after the first couple of days because mm-hmm. that dissipated into nothing. Um, you could argue that India think they have the momentum because they only had to bat once in this test match. Such was their dominance. Um, they kept the Australians out in the field for 210 overs, which would uh, seem to rob people of most things, including momentum. Um, but no, Stephen Smith was quite adamant that the momentum was theirs after their fifth day batting exploits, that they've showed that they can play in these conditions, that uh, they've got a spring in their step, they feel like they've got away with what's the next best thing to a win, which is, uh, I think, a moral win, is mm. it? It doesn't show in the uh, tallies. I don't think the Border Gavastar trophy will be decided on test wins with moral wins in brackets. One for your research team, they'll be able to find that out. That's one for the research team, or the morality is not their strength. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think both teams could argue they had the momentum coming out of this game. Um, it really doesn't really count for much, does it? Once the first ball's bowled in Durham, Charlotte, no one's going to say, oh, look, they've got momentum. Fortunately, this podcast has momentum, and we're going to be back to preview the fourth test later in the week. Rambo, are you going to be with us? Uh, yes, I've, I'm booked on a separate yak, which is uh, going uh, through a couple of villages, so I may be a little bit late, but I'll be there. The air's a bit thinner, so I'll be short of breath, but uh, I'll definitely be uh, turning up, eagerly awaiting it. Well, safe travels, old boy. But until then, please head to cricket.com.au for all your news, scores and video on Australia's Qantas tour of India. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns